0: Hello, and welcome to Adaptivist Live, the Atlassian Ecosystem Podcast. This week, so much Atlassian news and some cool stuff from us here at Adaptivist. My name is Ryan Spilkin, and joining me to talk about all that Atlassian news are the magnificent Matthew Stubblefield and the bodacious Brenda Burrell. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Brenda. Hello. Good to see you, Ryan. It is a shame that the audience couldn't see your flex, Brenda. It was one, <laughs> it was one <laughs> for the ages. I, I, just,
1: I just need to say, this is the first time in my life I've been referred to as bodacious, and it was the best thing I have ever heard, so... Carry on.
0: Ah, well, we're off to a strong <laughs> start in 2020. Yeah. <laughs> and you know who else is off to a strong start? Atlassian. You might remember, last year, Atlassian purchased this little plug-in called Automation for JIRA. You remember that, right, guys? You, you, do you remember it?: Or loyal viewers sure call. Yeah, I mean, we might have talked about it a bit, but now Atlassian has actually made moves to inform their customers of the changes that are going to come as the product is integrated into its systems. And they've uh, sent these emails out to customers, so we thought we'd pull back the curtain a little bit and let you know what the automation for Jira integration will look like.
2: Yeah, and and we can't really link this in the SoundCloud because... Uh, if you're a current customer you would have gotten this email and if you're not we are reading it off of a partner website so it's it is as right said a little bit behind the scenes
0: just a little um, and the first thing that i noticed is that if you're under a certain user threshold you'll you'll be using you'll be getting a free 90 day trial of cloud premium it's even going to extend your cloud license to at least 90 days to mm. get you hooked on automation for jira's features which after the trial period will go to a restricted model.
2: Now that is, just to clarify, Ryan, if I'm reading this correctly, that's not like all cloud customers. It's just those who already had automation for Jira installed. Is that
0: right? No, it's... it's.
1: I'm reading it as all Jira software service desk editions, um, free, standard, and premium.
0: Brenda's right. Um, so everyone's going to get a chance to try this, and then they're going to try and get you on the comeback. Because
2: okay, okay, I I see it now. I see it now. So, so it's there's a difference. So, for if you have Jira software, only if you have automation for Jira, you get the 90 days. If you have service desk, you'll get it automatically.
0: Yeah. And it's going to extend, it's going to extend your license and it's going to expose, it's going to let you use some of these fantastic um, automation tools. But in order to use those in a truly unlimited capacity, you are going to have to upgrade to cloud premium. If you do not choose to move to Cloud Premium or up your user tier to a substantial level, you're going to you're going to be limited in how much, um, how many automation executions can happen in a month.
2: And one of the things that concerns me about this is the wording. Um, they've got some like frequently asked questions here, and I think this was part of the email copy that was sent out under the headings. Do I need to do anything? And how will this affect my bill? The, the wording here kind of implies. If you don't opt out, if you don't take action, you're going to be on premium. So it says after the 90-day extended trial period or the completion of the remainder of your current subscription term as applicable, you will remain on the premium plan unless you choose to downgrade. And how will this affect my bill? Uh, after the 90-day trial, uh, as applicable, you will no longer be charged for the app automation for Jira. Instead... You will see a charge for Jira Software Premium and/or Jira Service Desk Premium unless you choose not to continue your subscription or downgrade to the standard. So I, like I do, I, I have this yep. fear here that like you're on standard, they upgrade you to premium, and 90 days later, if you don't proactively go in and downgrade yourself, you're going to get a big bill.
0: So if you are responsible for your Atlassian Cloud license administration take you know in in the email it advises you to grab a cup of coffee and and read it you should do that i mean if you don't like coffee that's fine but um though you may need it to get through reading this read the fine print
2: (laughs) uh we will probably reach out to alaska get some clarification on this and try to bring that in the next episode
1: And keep in mind, this is all just for cloud. Um, If you're running server or data center, um, Automation for Jira will be available as a standalone application. um, And it will continue to be called Automation for Jira and be supported by Alassian.
0: And, you know, there's another there are plenty of other automation solutions out there on the market. And if you ever have questions about them, just Google Script Runner.
1: So speaking of cloud, uh, some good updates for cloud rolling out. A lot of stuff rolling out um, in the next few weeks, but a few things we wanted to particularly point out to you, our dear listeners. Um, For Confluence, um, legacy editor pages are being converted over to the new editor. Um, The goal is to allow you to convert your pages uh, without data loss and little to no changes to the look and feel of the content. You'll have the option to preview any page before converting it. Um, They want to give you an opportunity to feel comfortable with the process on the new editor. Um, And you will have an opportunity after conversion to restore a page to its previous legacy editor. Um, That being said, I I personally know that the the editor features are a a bit more tightly controlled on the new editor. And um, so definitely take the time to preview anything you're converting before you just zip on over there um make sure make sure you do in fact feel comfortable with that new editor before you convert
2: yeah and it it seems likely as all things tend to go in the cloud eventually i it, I mean it wouldn't surprise me they force a change eventually but i was talking with one of our tech writers earlier today who was baffled by the new editor um she said that at received a lot of feedback and that informed them and i i wonder if that feedback is from you know what a term just like a regular user you throw some content on a page and I wonder if maybe it's power users who are negatively impacted by power this but
1: users are negatively impacted by this there's a sizable reduction in expected features and yeah. on many of them um, there's the oh well we're going to add this back in and the response is generally we've had this in Microsoft Word since like 1850
3: yeah, um,
1: it,
2: <laughs> it, it it does. I feel like it does support the narrative that I've I've been sort of saying for the last few years of of cloud and server slash data. So they have very different audiences, uh, yeah. and if you're trying to decide which is the right tool for you, like the cloud tool is very much a I need this up and running within seconds. I need to throw some stuff at it. Organization is not that big a deal. It is. Like skunkworks, get it up, get throw stuff in it. If you actually need things like reusable colors. and automated, and and have colors like, so if you have more complex f- data,
1: six that are given to you,
0: <laughs>
2: if you have but more complex data. Server or data center.
0: They they are making a big push towards taking these products more seriously, and this is something mm-hmm. that has to be addressed. If it's addressed through plugins, or if it's addressed through just configuration, like Pro mode, whatever, but of course without a, without a surcharge, great. But
2: yeah, but it, it is a it is a challenge. So like content formatting macros, um, and our other you know apps that you know address these type of editing you know things, mm-hmm. it's introducing a lot of challenges.
1: Yep. So something to be aware of. Um, Also for Jira Service Desk, um, Atlassian is introducing a rule that allows you to update a request field in the workflow. Uh, So you can use that rule to clear your request fields when someone moves the request using a specific transition.
0: Hasn't this been in Jira since the (laughs) mid-1700s?
1: As a matter of fact. Um, And this was actually something that we would, you know, when, when training customers on Service Desk, we would actually bring this up of Service Desk doesn't do this. And just sort of get the head tilt of, uh, um, <laughs> finally, um, and the audit log has a new location column displaying the IP address where activity took place. Uh, if you want to read more about audit logging, we will be linking to the cloud changes in the SoundCloud description.
2: And if I recall correctly, that came to, I think, both server and data center last year. Yep. Uh, so that was a unique, um, started in not in the cloud, uh, but now is joining it. Interesting how that one worked out. Next up on Atlassian updates, Portfolio for Jira 3.19 release notes. This came January 28th, which just so happens to be the day we are recording. Uh, So for once, Atlassian didn't release an update literally the day after we record it. And we get to bring you Portfolio 3.19. I'm
1: really glad Uh, they figured out what our recording schedule
2: is. (laughs) So they could drop the GIFs on the right pages. Yeah, the, the, our, we use a Trello board to coordinate uh, the stories we talk about in the podcast, and uh, we have a label that Ryan added, sick GIF alert, and that one qualifies for this blog post. We, we, we. Uh, we've got a nice uh, nice set of GIFs around auto-expanding issues while filtering, You know, so you, you select some filters and it, it changes what you see displayed, um, expands them out. It's, it's quite nice seeing that full hierarchy there. Um. Also, some early access ones. So, typically, these release notes we don't um, we don't see the sort of like the early access type things. Uh, if you're a member of the early access program, if you've installed that version, you you kind of get a separate thing. But they've they're now putting that in here to the release notes, uh, rolling up dates in the plans and capacity distribution. Um, I have you know I haven't installed this or looked at it. Um, but I probably will soon because the newer version, so Portfolio 3 removes a lot of the uh, sort of personnel capacity management stuff. Um, there's a lot of simplification between version 2 and version 3, and that's good, but it also removes, I feel, some of that power around uh, seeing capacity. So I'm not quite sure what this means, enhanced capacity distribution. Um, it's looking at sprints. So it's, you know, for when you're integrated with a... Um, a scrum board, presumably. Um, and looks like it's maybe picking up the assignments of stories in the sprint. Um, and how issues are ranked, which I think is particularly interesting if it's, if it's taking issue ranking, you know, maybe as a prioritization, it does note if you enable it, you're doing it for the whole instance. Um, (laughs) side, don't have to do it for each portfolio plan downside. If different portfolio plans don't want that too bad. Um, So, yeah, I'll have to dig into that a little bit more. Take a look, though, at the release notes for Portfolio 319. Um, And uh, if you are early access, you know, contact us at Adaptivist somewhere, wherever Adaptivist can be found. Let us know what you think.
1: Which is roughly everywhere. Chugging along on the release train. Bamboo 7.0 Early Access Program or EAP Release um we will link you to a blog post that basically says hey 7.0 eap is coming out and then links you to the release notes so you have to click through to that uh summary of changes essentially at is wielding the hammer of deprecation Ooh. um yes they're worth um, this um introduces support for oracle 19 drops support for oracle 12 r1 drops support for Postgres 9.2.3 and dot four, deprecates um, 9.5, deprecates several versions of MS SQL, CVS, JGet 7.0, and the Jenkins Importer Bamboo internal plugin.
0: How did you put it, Matthew? There these are breaking changes. <laughs> yeah, like right at the top of the EAP
2: release. <laughs> Bamboo 7.0, which brings a number of breaking changes. So um,
1: <laughs> they weren't kidding about yeah. breaking.
2: You definitely uh, want to take a look at the summary of version upgrades as well.
1: Yes. Um, so there's a number of updated third-party libraries, um, Atlassian platform 5.0.0 compatibility, etc., um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Known issues with existing plugins. Um, there's there's a couple of things in there. So essentially, if you are a bamboo administrator and want to check compatibility with the 7.0 release definitely check out these release notes. Um, as we said, we'll link to them in the SoundCloud description here.
2: So as Ryan said at the start of the podcast, lots and lots of updates from Atlassian. Uh, one that really uh, caught a lot of attention, we are at the um, sort of end of a quarter, you know, here in uh, January, and Atlassian reported a growth in revenue of 37%, uh, which is pretty damned impressive. Sorry. uh so kudos to Atlassian on that what I thought was you know, kind of interesting at the exact same time there was a sort of a press release drop around Jira software getting better roadmaps. Um, roadmaps is a feature that's been in cloud and software for oh God, I don't know a year or two at this point and it's pretty basic um but I've kind of been looking at it going I I wonder what Atlassian's going to do with this like this has the potential. To actually replace portfolio if they really go all in on it, and that's, I think we've talked about that before. I'm, I'm I'm looking at Zoom and Ryan's like reacting and going, yeah, "Yes, Yep. Yeah, that's what we um, <laughs> when we first started
0: seeing that when we a year ago on the podcast yeah. we had that same thing. It's like if they it's, if they crank this a little bit and it looks like they're doing it.
2: Well, I, I don't think they are really like, it's still pretty basic, you know, a year or a year and a half later, however long it's been. It is nice um, that it's been enhanced a little bit. It's certainly nicer than the road mapping macro that's in confluence. Um, so that's cool, but it's definitely like not providing the range of functionality that portfolio does, uh, let alone like a structure from ALM works or JIRA align. So, but it is good, you know, like some enhancements that the only reason I think this roadmaps article is notable is just because I, I thought it was interesting that it dropped at the exact same time as this revenue mm-hmm. thing. And it, I noticed it get the, the roadmapping one showed up in a bunch of different uh, places, Yep, which suggests to me that it was a little coordinated. And then um, I don't remember if it was the same day, <laughs> but it might've been the exact same day. Uh, I think it was Uh, business wire, had an article um, announcing second quarter fiscal results 37% up year over year, quarterly cash flow, da, 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 and then buried what I think was kind of a lead story of a fond farewell to Atlassian's president, Jay Simons, uh, who is leaving Atlassian in July 2020. Um, I've been working with Atlassian now since 07, uh, which was
0: 13 God, years ago. Math.
2: 12, 13 13 years years ago. It's going on. It's going on. 13 years, yeah. Uh, And Jay joined Atlassian 12 years ago. So effectively, as long as I've been working with Atlassian, Jay's been there as the president.
0: Uh, Well, I think, Matthew, you have the experience that's needed to take over in this difficult time. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) So so Jay's leaving as president. I mean, we've still got the co-founders there. And we had a little bit of an internal chat on Slack of, you know, what does this mean? Uh, I appreciated uh, one of our co-founders responses, Dan Hardiker, who pointed out that said, you know, the way Atlassian is structured, once you've kind of shared power and leadership with one person, it becomes easier to share that. And uh, you know, Atlassian was uh, founded by two people, Mike and Scott, uh, brought Jay in as president. So then we had three people. Um, you know, I, I think Atlassian is in a good place. Uh, in terms of leadership, uh, and in terms of raising up new leadership, uh, so I think it's it's a, a little sad to see Jay go. I think he had a really positive influence on the company, but uh, like I, I think day to day operations certainly and long term, like it's they're they're they've built a model that's very resilient. Like I think there are other companies where the president leaving or something is a big shakeup, uh, and I have a feeling that it's not really going to shake it lasting at all.
1: I had an opportunity to meet Jay a couple years back. He um, spoke at the uh, Seattle AUG and just in the time that he was there, he's one of the nicest, most transparent people and safe to assume that if one is nice and transparent in an evening after a busy day of travel and whatnot, that one's probably nice and transparent and, you know, really great to work with in general. Um, so, you know, he has definitely had a very positive impact on Atlassian like Matthew Um, and Ryan, I've worked in the ecosystem for about 12, 13 years now. So as long as I've been working in it, Jay's been the president. Um, so from all of us at Adaptivist, um, you know, best wishes on your next endeavor and thanks Mm -hmm. for an awesome 12 years. Yeah.
0: My only regret is that we never got to jam, uh, I have heard, there are stories of Jay's uh, musicality as being legendary, and that is something, you know. He's
1: not, he's, he's not departing until no, July. There's no, time. it's
0: true. There's still time to make this happen at Summit. Dude. Jay, Jay, if you're listening. Jay, let's jam, man. Come on. What do you got to lose? Let's just play some blues, man. It'll be a good time. So we were kind of asking in there, talking about Jay leaving, what does that mean for Atlassian? And we at Adaptivist are really curious about the State of Atlassian, and to that extent, we are soliciting you, our faithful listeners, to take part in our State of Atlassian survey. We want to know about where you see Atlassian going and where you think that the world of work is headed, where automation is going and what it means to you. What does DevOps mean to you? What tools do you need to do better? We want to hear about the State of Atlassian, the state of your world, and we'll share that link on the SoundCloud.
1: One other item that we did want to, uh, just call some attention to is the Atlassian unlearnings plugin. Um, there was an article posted, um,
0: right at the same time as all the other articles
1: in, in, <laughs> in, in the massive amount of Atlassian articles. It's uh, been a
0: hectic week y'all it
1: has been this one particularly caught my attention. Um, I I myself have been frustrated lately by the sad state of my calendar and the incredible number of meetings thereon. And so I opened this article up, and and, uh, Dom Price uh, has has given the way that he is saving a lot of time is he cancels all his meetings. And what he does is he then follows up and um, basically requests, do I need to be in this meeting? What can I contribute to it?
0: And what will I need to do afterwards?
1: Um, What's expected of him if he attended? Um, And and I I saw that, I was like, oh, do I rate, am I high enough in the hierarchy that I can get away with this? Because my calendar needs this quite badly.
0: I give you permission.
1: Hooray, all right, it's done, everything canceled. Um, what the, what the article brought about is um, that there's a, a plugin available for Chrome that when you open up a new tab, you will receive a thought, um, a bit of unlearning, and it's things that seem very sensible or reasonable, but that we don't often think of. We've got a lot of ingrained work culture stuff. That that we just do on a daily basis, and so every time you pop open a new tab in Chrome, you're going to be presented with something. Um, what I liked was that mine mine was get to know your new hires and make sure they get to know you. Um, that's a thing we work very hard at at Adaptivist. Um, I have I have had onboarding experiences where it was not like that, and I felt lost and alone. And at Adaptivist were really good about making sure that new hires are onboarded in a way that they meet the people they're going to be working with, that they feel welcome and comfortable. It's a small thing; it takes a little time, but mm-hmm. the benefits really pay off. Um, so it's an interesting Chrome extension. Um, you know, is Chrome extension the best way to disseminate this sort of wisdom? I don't know,
0: Brenda. This is somewhere where I'm thinking they're dipping their toe into a Chrome extension what are they learning from doing that? Are they, I mean, what are they getting out of that? And I I did, I read the same one about the introducing new, it's all good wisdom, everything that I've seen in the plugin, cause I did install it too. Yeah. But I'm really wondering what they're trying to learn from having a, a Chrome extension. That's what I'm yeah, curious about. What do you think, Matthew?
1: That's very interesting.
2: You raised an interesting point, Ryan. And I was, uh, I actually was talking about making a, a web browser extension recently. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, maybe you're new to the podcast, or maybe you don't pay attention uh, when I talk, which like you couldn't be blamed for that. Uh, but I'm the uh, I'm the head of education at Adaptivist, so training and documentation and that sort of thing. And uh, one of the things I was talking about with training recently uh, to get it out to people was like, well, what if we made like a web browser extension uh, that you know we could we could distribute our e-learning through that? And as we talked about it, we said, well you know, one of the challenges we have with the enterprises that, that we work with is, is firewalls. And that's hard enough um, when we're dealing with stuff in JIRA or we're dealing with other systems. But corporations, enterprises, like we tend to work with an adaptivist, uh, lock down what can and cannot be installed on their computers, including browser extensions. Um, so creating something, you know, where you've got to install, one, Chrome, uh, and then, two, an extension into Chrome. Um, it you know, for, for those of us at home, or you know, we we work in an uh, environment that's a bit less controlling. Um, and the control's is not always bad; it's good for security potentially. But um, uh, the browser extension, you know, isn't always the best way to to reach the audiences, particularly the audiences that really I think probably need it.
1: Um, for, for my own general work wisdom, um, you cannot beat the Twitter account Picard Tips, <laughs> which is not affiliated with Atlassian in any way. However, I highly recommend it, particularly if you are managing.
0: And next, we have some news from Adaptivist's own Test Management for Jira. And to share that news with us, we've got special guest Sergei Chukrais from the Test Management for Jira team. We also call him Serge. Serge, welcome. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you very much, Ryan, for being here. So for our
0: listeners that are not familiar with Test Management for Jira, can you give us a short summary of why our uh, TM4J is the best testing app in the marketplace?
3: Well, uh, all you need to do is basically go to the marketplace and check out the reviews. Uh, we are TM4J, uh, or Test Management for Jira. Uh, but, yeah, if you just search for Team4J, you'll find us right there in Atlassian marketplace, and you can see a ton of the positive reviews there. People praise us just for simplicity, how it's easy to get started, and also just like our uh, product support team, like, you know, we, we get that we get any problems sorted really quickly. So, this elevator pitch is basically where the number one user rated app is all for the testing needs inside Jira.
0: Well, yeah, and you're, you also get a lot of high marks for how TM4J is is integrated directly into the Jira interface. You don't have to leave Jira to do test management.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's also another like, thing a lot of customers like it. events approach us and say, hey, we're using TM4J, we love it. It's one of the many like common things we hear is like, they praise the interface, how it's very familiar to Jira. So the onboarding is very minimal, like, easy just to hit the ground running with TM4J.
0: Well, we could go on and on forever about how awesome TM4J is, but we brought you here to share some news. And that news is that we are rolling out a big integration between Adaptivist Script Runner product and test management for Jira. So tell us,
3: what's it all about, man? Yeah, man. Uh, It's always a big news because Script Runner and TM4J, they are the biggest uh, apps products uh, from Adaptivist. So it's really great, finally have these two products and communicate with each other. Uh, So, in a nutshell, we created uh, like uh, integration with these two tools and have released uh, scripts for Scriptrunner on Adapters Library, where people can uh, use them to automate various like small uh, day-to-day tasks in TM4J. Um, So, I can go into like um, in a bit more detail. So, what is this about? So, first of all, it's for testers in QA. Uh, who want to up, automate updates between Jira issues and Team4J items, which could be test cases, test cycles, test executions, because these kind of like small things, like day to day, it's very repetitive to kind of have to do them. So having to automate them is kind of life changing, especially for those customers. The other, the other thing why this integration is a big deal because it it provides more visibility of testing related items directly in your Jira issue viewer. So an app. Uh, lead the Jira issue viewer to find a lot of information about TM4J, don't have to go into TM4J to do that. Uh, and uh, from all these above things, uh, it basically improves the transparency of your testing process across teams. So, uh, for example, uh, we can also configure to configure with script on them, configure automated emails. So, whenever like a test cycle is complete or a test case is waiting for approval uh, in TM4J, you get like this email option uh, or even a message to your team members or a test manager so so, so it's really convenient and kind of streamlines the process and yeah basically um speeds up the test test releases basically
0: wow brilliant so serge what's next for tm4j
3: like like i said the big thing for us is the script for tm4j integration and we're gonna have like a blog post detailing about this uh coming very soon so we'll link in the podcast notes, I, I assume, right? Absolutely.
0: Ryan? We will always link in the SoundCloud notes.
3: Yeah, yeah cool. Um, where you'll find more information like about these uh, real-world uh, use cases for this integration and uh, links to the scripts uh, in the Adaptive Library. And the cool thing about this integration is you can use these scripts as a basis to create your own uh, scripts and, and how to automate various processes in TfJ. And then you can share with the community. So that's very, very cool. Um, and in terms of, like, in general, for TN4J, uh, well, we'll have a, a focus on bad integration with automated testing tools, uh, which is uh, highly requested by our customers. So we're definitely going to go in that direction. Uh, we also have UX improvements across both products, like server oh, that's and cloud. Yep, yep, making it more, even nicer uh, looking and, like, more usable. And we'll have uh, in-app documentation for server. We already have in-app docs, Uh, for cloud and we're going to have that for server as well. So again, like these improvements based with both of these products, uh, which I hope our customers are going to love.
0: Sounds great, Serge. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: Absolutely. Thank you very much. And yeah, best of luck Ryan with the podcast.
0: Yeah. We'll check you out later.
1: Well, it's been a busy week. Um, Sounds like we have waded through the incredible amount of Atlassian news that has come out in recent days.
2: This really feels like the podcast after the holiday. You know, like we've been gone for a month, except it hasn't been a month. It's been like a week and a half.
0: Yeah. It's been like three years since it's we've been on holiday. Two hours since our last podcast. And yes. And with
1: significantly less whiskey.
0: I haven't eaten anything in like 15 minutes. What are we doing?
1: <laughs>
0: All right, everybody. That's it for this edition of Adaptivist Live. Be sure to check our SoundCloud description for links to all the articles we discussed today. And follow us on social at Adaptivist. Let us know what you think. We want to hear from you on the tweets, on the Facebooks, on the Reddits, whatever you're at. So for Matthew Stubblefield and Brenda Burl, I'm Ryan Spilkin, and we'll see you next time on Adaptivist Live.
2: Well, Here's take the thing though, Ryan. Me. These people are clearly too busy making gifts to listen to the podcast. <laughs>